The Sherrod family enjoys spending a lot of time outside. Hence, we care what goes into our environment. That's why we support propane, the energy for everyone. Did you know that propane produces fewer greenhouse gas emissions than electricity generated on the U.S. grid? Propane's emissions are 43% fewer. That's a lot. Propane is clean, dependable, and affordable. Plus, it's produced right here in the USA. Let's all do our part to reduce emissions from our homes, cabins, and businesses by choosing propane, the right energy right now. To learn more about propane, the energy for everyone, go to propane.com. Welcome back to Worst Seats in the House. Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta coming to you from Tuttles. Let's get a little energy, a little applause. Thanks, everybody, for coming out on this uh, beautiful Thursday night. The All-Stars in the NHL were just announced. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about all the injuries uh, this week. A little psych action happened this week uh, where it looked like Yul Eriksson-Eck was going to come back to the lineup on Friday night against the Anaheim Ducks. That was, uh, of course, the rug, as so often happens in today's COVID world, was pulled out from under that. Now he's not going to play against the Ducks because he's tested positive for COVID-19. Speaking of which, uh, uh, Anthony, I thought I got COVID yesterday because I sprayed what I thought was cologne on my wrist. I took a smell... Didn't smell anything, absolutely freaked out, and it turned out that it was eyeglass cleaner. Right, and most people would automatically assume that meant they had COVID. Well, I didn't have any smell, and I, like, I have this great cologne and nothing. So I was, have, I was right. totally So I'm convinced. sure you went to the emergency room. <laughs> yeah, so that was a little Maybe you had the ambulance come and pick you up. Yep, exactly. Um, so that was uh, pretty, pretty pretty hard uh, to deal with uh, as I was leaving the, uh, leaving the house today. Um, speaking of my house, I have 13 pieces of artwork in that house. It's from Josh Driver Photography. If you come on up here, joshdriverphotography.com. If you come on up, you get Josh is here. You can see some of his art, uh, his photography of places like Duluth, Lake Superior, um, Minneapolis, St. Paul. So definitely check that out. Our next live show, January 25th at Split Rocks in Wyoming. 7 p.m., uh, come on out. We're going to do a little test of another Tuttle's uh, property uh, up in the northern burbs, kind of near you. Nearer. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, so come on out. It'll be good. I haven't been there before. Yep. And it, I, I went online today, looked at it, and it looks a lot like this. They got the bowling, dinner, drinks, everything, so definitely check on that. Uh, check that out. All right, let's talk about the Wild, Anthony. A couple big, gutty, uh, gutsy wins in a row at Boston. Uh, home against Washington since the last time we spoke. The home game against Washington without nine players, including Kaprizov, Brodin, Zuc- uh, I mean, it, it was just crazy. Spurgeon, Bukestead, Duham, Greenway, Talbot. Who am I forgetting? Galagoski. There's yeah. your nine. It was and unbelievable. They- it was 40, 46% of their skater minutes, 43% of their points, and their starting goaltender out of the lineup, and yet found a way to win a game against a Capitals club that has been rolling. I mean, they've been rolling. They've been finding ways to win. I actually didn't think they'd been playing great hockey, and I didn't think they were great that night. But bottom line is you go find a way to win that game with that group, 
and just a couple nights after winning in Boston with a similar lineup, I think those might those are right near the top of the list of the two most impressive wins the Wild have had this year. No doubt about it. Uh, the game against Boston was as hard a game as I've seen uh, them play. Uh, very physical. It looked like Boston was out to hurt, and they did hurt uh, Kirill Kaprizov. Luckily, it was not as major as it looked, um, and because of the two postponed games this week against Winnipeg and Edmonton, he'll only have missed the one game. Um, there was a little scare with COVID-19 this week with him, but it turned out to be a false positive, so it looks like that he's going to return to the lineup tomorrow. Well, and I mean, it's crazy with all of these guys. The, the one silver lining in all of this has been the schedule and how empty it's been for Minnesota, the fact that they played three games in almost three and a half weeks before tomorrow night and all these guys have been injured for the better part of a month and they just haven't missed many games so i guess that's been the one positive out of it but yeah you talked about the erickson eck thing i mean it's similar to what happened with duhame for the for the washington game where they thought he was going to be okay to play and then after setting their lineup and and moving forward with every all their plans for the day they find out that nope he's unavailable and He'll be back now tomorrow, but they, so much of this is in flux. And Dean talks about it all the time. They have this big board, and I've I've had a chance to meet with them a couple times in their room where they've got this big board with all their combinations. Here's our lines. Here's our defensive pairings. Here's our five on four, our five on three, our six on five, our six on four, our our three on five. I mean, they've got it all set up. So every time you have to go through and then start erasing one guy, like for example, let's take Goligoski that day, who they found out after skate was had tested positive. I mean, he's on half of those groups, half of those combos. And now you have to go through and reshuffle all of that stuff, replan it, print your cards again so they've got them at their fingertips on the bench. I mean, it's a... It's just a crazy world right now with last-minute changes for all these teams. And it looks like Goligoski is not going to play tomorrow. Uh, is that He didn't practice today, right? He did not, but I don't know that that precludes him from playing right. tomorrow. I actually was He would technically be allowed time-wise to come off protocol tomorrow. I just don't know. Obviously, we saw with Brodine. Technically, he tested positive and do him. And who knows, after five, six days off of doing nothing, if he'll be able to play. Maybe they just go, especially because Mermis and Addison played so well, and we go with one of those two instead. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they'd have no problem playing particularly Addison. And I, I just kind of thought Goligoski was likely to play, but... You know, who knows? We'll find out tomorrow. Right, right. Absolutely. Uh, again, thanks to uh, Grain Belt for having us out here as well. If you ask a question during the show, uh, you get tickets uh, uh, for a raffle at the end to potentially get some Grain Belt prizes. Uh, same thing if you buy uh, Grain Belt beer during the show. We have a very special guest coming up uh, as well here. I won't tell you who it is yet, although I think it was pretty obvious. I was giving every hint possible. Uh, of this freaking guest uh, a lot here. Uh, former Wild player, former NHLer will be coming up here in about 15 minutes as well, so really excited about that. Um, he's a poker superstar, one of the great defensemen, one of the nicest guys that I've ever Wait, played. a poker superstar? Wild. He's a poker superstar. All he does is take money from his players. It's why he, he added three or four years to well, his career. We'll talk about it when he gets up here. I happen to have seen him lose a lot of card games in, in a short period of time. I don't know. I, I, according 
According, I, there are a couple wild players that say that he's. I know. As good I'm as just telling game. you. I was on the other side and watched him lose. So we'll talk. We'll talk about that when he you gets up here. His dad is here. His father-in-law is here. His yeah. brother-in-law is here. You can't get him in trouble. They think that he always wins. So you don't well, want to get him in trouble. I always lose to his dad on the golf course. So there we're even. Yeah, that one. I, I said to. Uh, all right, we'll just tell you it's Nate Prosser. So uh, I said to uh, Nate the other day, I'm like, how many grandkids does your your grand your parents have? And they're like 11. I'm like, no wonder your dad goes on so many golf trips. <laughs> like every time I text his father, he's like somewhere, like whether it's Palm Springs or Texas or California, he's always golfing somewhere. Am I getting in trouble, Chris? Chris is ignoring, <laughs> is ignoring the... Uh, well, before we get to, to Nate... I've gotten we, Chris in trouble yeah, before, by the way. Before we get to Nate, let the, how about the Wild getting a couple of All-Stars tonight? I mean, I, I think that's it's great to see them rewarded for the start they had. And, I mean, for Kirill Kaprizov, it was kind of a no-brainer. I, I was thrilled to see Cam Talbot get recognized. And, I mean, it's when a team has played as well as they've played for as long as they have... It's great to see him get recognized with two All-Stars. No doubt about it, uh, and that'll be fun. I think I've told everybody about the Vegas All-Star experience that's about to come up. They're shutting down the Strip for one uh, skills event. They're doing another skills event on the Bellagio Fountains that is going to look absolutely spectacular. I've seen the renderings of it. It's going to look like a rink. It's kind of not a rink, but I won't give away too much. Um, big news this week as well. Uh, so Matt Boldy and uh, Marco Rossi make their NHL debuts last week in Boston. Uh, Boldy uh, scores his first NHL goal with his parents in the crowd, his brothers. Um, he's got two step brother, two half brothers. A step. Uh, now I'm getting it wrong. Two step brothers, a half brother, um, and his and his brother were in the crowd. Uh, his stepmom, his mom, his dad. The wild, uh, awesome multimedia team happened to be shooting them at the time that he scored his first NHL goal. His dad, you could tell, saw it coming. His mother dropped a big F yeah on the uh, video, which was <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Um, and it was just really neat. And I'll tell you what, Matt Boldy uh, in particular has not looked like he is in a stage that's too too above his head. No, not at all. And we had talked about it on last week's show, referencing what Bill Guerin had said, like when a guy dominates one level, that means we know it's time and ready for him to move up. And that's what was happening in the American Hockey League. He hasn't looked out of place at all. And, you know, I mean, keep in mind, he's basically a year older than Marco Rossi, even mm -hmm. though, you know, they both were 20 years old on their call up. And Rossi hadn't played for a year. I mean, Boldy should look more ready. He should look more prepared for this. And and I thought he did. And his little stick skills in close areas, his quick twitch type plays, I just think are so significant. Even when you watch him. He's in the, so strong on the puck. He is. I mean, it's, but, he, it, but he's so great with his stick in little quick plays where it's the quick lift of the stick at the perfect time, the little tap it to yourself off the wall to escape. And he's got such a great knack for that kind of stuff. And then you throw on top of it that he's got some strength. He's, you know, he's a, he's a big guy and he's going to get bigger and he can shoot the puck. But when you watch, even like the, when they had their simulated game in practice yesterday, I mean, it's just different watching him on yeah. the ice. He just, he, he's a guy who has a knack for getting his nose into scoring situations and scoring plays. So what we saw from him during training camp and we saw it again and have seen it now in the NHL. So I think it's really exciting to see him appear that he's and, ready to stick. And that entire rush play that he made in Boston for his goal, I mean, it was just great coming into the zone, the awareness to, to, to you know, spur it off there to, to Felino. And then what I loved is he immediately puts his stick on the ice waiting for the pass back as opposed to 
so many first round picks that the Wild have had in the past that they go to the net and they're pucks at the waist. And and uh, I can think of one right now in Benoit Pouliot that used to do that all the time or flybys. That's stuff that he doesn't do. Um, Marco Rossi, I think um, this will benefit him. He comes up here. He learns some of the stuff that he needs to get better, what this show is like, how strong the defensemen are. And I think that can only help him that go down in Iowa. And what's also going to happen help him, I think, in Iowa the next couple of weeks is that, um, or at least the next week, is that Eric Stahl is down there. And Eric Stahl is somebody that, as you know uh, well, is, is somebody that I think is going to, for that little time, not take him under his wing, but definitely help this kid out. Let, uh, you know, give him pointers. I talked to Eric today for a big story that's going to go up on The Athletic here any minute. And he said that the first thing he's going to do once his family leaves town this weekend is ask Marco to go to lunch. You know, and, and again, he's got no allegiance to the Wild. The Wild have made it extremely clear to Eric Stahl that he is not going to re-sign and sign him in Minnesota. They are doing him a solid, let him tune up for the, for the Olympics or potentially to get another job with another organization. He would be willing to do that in lieu of going to the Olympics. Um, but... You know, even with that, he is willing to go down there and 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 help out and use. So it's essentially, it's like the wild and the and the and stall are sort of helping each other. And he'd be a great influence on a young guy like Rossi. I mean, Stahl's a consummate pro, always has been, always was, was great. Well, in his time here, and I mean, I think it's great to see him back on the ice and I, I hope it works out for him even if it's for no other reason than to get ready for the Olympics but he'd be a great influence and I, I think Rossi looked like there were a couple plays where I think you're exactly right when you say that he real he has to realize just the the speed and strength that NHL defensemen and and forwards that are defending you have because he took an offensive zone penalty as an example where the play he made probably works in the American Hockey League but he didn't knock the guy off the puck and all of a sudden he was a stride behind and had to reach and grab yeah. and takes a penalty. And I mean, those are the things that uh, you can't simulate in the American league. You have to, you have to be put in those spots in the NHL against NHL caliber players to learn what it's going to take to defend them, to beat them, to win those puck battles. Yeah. And uh, there was one play also on that bad penalty, the, the, I thought an awful call in Boston his offensive zone penalty where he came out of the box, came out of the, you know, to go five on five. And he was in a position where he essentially had to play defense and he, you know, had real trouble moving bodies, anything in front of the net. And I think that was probably an eye opener for him uh, as well. So I think that's one of the things. A couple more topics to get to before we uh, bring Nate Prosser up and really um, excited and, and uh, you know, humbled that Nate in a big week for him where he retired from the National Hockey League, was willing to come out here to Tuttles and, and join us. So I really appreciate that. Um, Rem Pitlick, obviously, is one person that loses his job in, in large part because of not only just how well Matt Boldy has played, but how well Connor Dewar has played. You know, And it just shows you how quick things can change in the National Hockey League. It was only two months ago that Rem Pitlick comes up. He gets COVID. Um, well, he was taken off waivers. He, we go to Seattle. He gets COVID. He comes back, plays against Seattle, gets becomes the... Uh, 31st player in National Hockey League history to score his first three goals in the same game. Gets the hat trick. Beautiful, absolutely exquisite goals and a natural hat trick. You're thinking he's the toast of the team. He's going to have this long career here. And next thing you know, two months later, he's on waivers and taken by the Montreal Canadiens. And it's just because they just did not have a role to put him in the top six. So you put him in the bottom six, and they felt that Connor Jura fit that role better than him. Yeah, and I, I mean, I never thought 
Rem Pitlick was long for this organization. He was a space filler to to help them bridge the gap until these guys were ready. Really a nice young man and wish him well in Montreal. But he, he was a he was an opportunistic scorer and he had good finishing skills, no yep. doubt. But it was pretty clear that he wasn't he didn't fit what the Wild were looking for. And I mean he, he wasn't gonna be a, a bottom six guy. He that's just not the way he played the game. And we saw even when in the lineup his minutes were way down when he was in those roles. Connor Dewar's better suited for that role. Brandon Duhame's better suited for that role. And guys like Boldy and Rossi are better suited long-term to be in the top six. So yeah. it, 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 it was a, he, he helped, he filled a gap, he filled a need to help Minnesota bridge a gap. And, you know, this is the nature of the National Hockey League. And, and he's so. about to go through the same sort of, you know, internal crisis that a lot of NHLers have that have this type of skill is that there is going to have to come a point where he's going to have to realize that in a lot of organizations he might not be able to play in that top six role. So you're going to have to change your game. We've seen Ryan Hartman, a first-round pick, realized quite frankly right away that he was going to have to change his game. Dean Evison, an absolute monster junior scorer, got to Hartford and saw Ron Francis and Ray Ferraro in front of him and said, you know what, I better learn how to be a checker really quickly here and have a great penalty killer. Stefan Veyu, a 100-point scorer in juniors, comes here, realizes right away, I better change my way. West Walls, right? West checkers Wednesday. can still score. Yeah. I mean, they but can you, still score, but you score, have to, but you have to, you have yeah, to play yeah. the game the right way. And that was, that was pretty evident that Pitlick just didn't fit. And yeah. you know, maybe he'll thrive in Montreal. Maybe he'll get an opportunity there. And Hope so, because he's yeah. a good kid. And maybe we'll see him in the lineup at Exeter Energy Center in a little bit. Um, last thing before we bring up Nate is the uh, NHL schedule. Man, we are all waited, waiting with bated breath for them to just recalibrate the, the Wild schedule and every team in the league. Wild are owed right now seven games. Um, uh, they've had four postponed north of the border. Um, two in Winnipeg, one in Edmonton, and one in Ottawa. And then they have the three home games against Detroit, Carolina, and Florida that are all going to have to be scheduled. My gut says if you look at the schedule in February that the Wild are going to wind up on a six-game road trip to Canada because it just works out perfectly that they have the one – I mean, I think you'd probably want to rearrange it, but it, they have that one trip that started – The first two out of the break yeah, were in Canada. Yeah, yeah, at Toronto, at Calgary. But now I wonder if they sort of start in Edmonton, go to Calgary, two in Winnipeg, Ottawa, Toronto. Um, it'll be pretty interesting to see how they work that, but the Wild are uh, definitely going to have a long road trip north of the border, most likely. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know what the NHL is going to do. It's I, I really we've talked about this before, but it's I, I have a I have a lot of trust that they'll be able to figure it out after what they did last year. Last year was easier in a lot of ways because of the fact that you weren't dealing with fans anywhere, so it didn't matter. They could reschedule games and. It, they, it wasn't an inconvenience to anybody because you didn't have to try and rearrange tickets or any of that kind of stuff. But it sure, it's just it's bizarre that they haven't started to announce these dates and plug them yep. in already. It makes you wonder, I mean, I'm not sure why they think things are going to be different or better north of the border in three weeks than That's they are today. That's been my problem with the whole thing. Right. I mean, you continue to cancel these games, and by pushing it back three weeks, I don't think – I mean, if, if what you're really after is trying to get full buildings in Canada, the better way to do it would be to say we're going to extend the regular season at the end of April – by a week or 10 days and fit as many of those in. Now, I, there are some other hurdles with that. With, like our Europe trip. Well, our Europe trip and, <laughs> and, and the start of next year's regular season. More importantly, our Europe trip. 
And of course, the February thing is most important as we've got vacations planned there too. So I'm, I wish they'd consult us to check with us. But, you know, I mean, the other problem with plugging things in in February is that not every team is dealing with the same thing the Wild are. The Wild have seven games, but not everybody has seven. So yeah, Some games have... Some teams have like eleven, like Ottawa is. It's crazy. A little. But I mean, some teams have like two. Yeah, I know. And so you're going to take this three weeks in February and say, okay, I, I I don't know which teams are which, but let's just say you're the Tampa Bay Lightning and you've got two games. So we're going to plug two games. You're going to play twice in 18 days while somebody else plays yeah. seven or eight or nine or and, ten games. And Dean said that yesterday. He, he basically alluded to the fact that, like, yeah, yeah like this has been a blessing in disguise that, like, an Erickson Eck missed three games in 25 days. But it's going to catch up to the Wild because they already play every other day pretty much in March. And now right. in February they're going to have all this uh, – all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I just it's it's crazy that they haven't started to move forward with it yet. We're getting really close. I mean, th- th- especially when you start to think about all the details that have to be worked out. I mean, these teams have to travel, they have to arrange flights, they have to arrange hotels. They have there's a lot of detail that goes in to getting a team somewhere on the road to play these games and you know, it, it isn't even like you can say to them, "Hey, make sure you have this stuff on hold," because this is what we're thinking. They haven't even they haven't even gotten that far yet. No doubt about it. Well, you know what? For, without further ado, we have a very special guest tonight. Um, somebody that's played 360 National Hockey League games. He's the proprietor of the uh, Pros Box. Uh, we're gonna retire number 39 right in the front of the Pros Box. Um, really happy to be joined by uh, Nate Prosser. Um, just. Yeah, welcome. And congratulations, Nate, on, on a great, great career. And, you know, Nate, it's, it's, it is funny because uh, when you and I were talking the other day, I've, and I've told you this before, I still remember the day that the Wild signed you at a Colorado college. You know, I was in Nashville at my buddy Marty's place, and the word comes out that they sign you to this free agent deal and that you're probably not going to play the rest of the season. Yeah. We met you the next day in Nashville. I remember you were super nervous. Yeah. And uh, next thing you know, like a week or two later, you're making your NHL debut in Edmonton, assisting on Andrew Burnett's goal, and the yeah. rest is history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just like, like here's Nate Prosser. I know, I know. It's uh, you know, now that I finally got some closure on you know officially announcing retirement, I've been able to you know sit back and kind of you know just reminisce about certain times of my career, and that's definitely obviously one of the moments that kind of sticks out is like just amazing how all that kind of went down I we lost out in Duluth at the deck um in the playoffs and instead of flying back with the team uh my agent at the time tells me hey you got uh we got some interest and I'm like okay does that mean I'm going to the American Hockey League and you know I don't know where I'm going but he just said there's interest so um, followed him down to the cities and we kind of discussed and he said, you know, there's different lineups that we, we got to look at and see who's interested because I was un, undrafted. And uh, um, so, we, you know, just seeing that Minnesota was there, we thought it was kind of a no brainer. And, um, and then, yeah, like you said, they didn't guarantee, they said, we'll keep you up to, to get to know players and staff and coaches and just to kind of get you accustomed to what life is like and you know pro hockey and the nhl and i'm like yeah i'm all i'm definitely on board with that you know you, i don't care if you don't guarantee me games i just want to you know try to you know try to make a paycheck basically at the time i didn't know how far how long of a career i'd make or anything so i was trying to you know probably put as much money in the bank right away as i could and um just so happened um uh, i think like zanin and zidlicky got hurt yeah. and, uh, and schultz too and schultz yeah i think there was yeah it was i mean it was just fluky stuff and i think one even like 
got hurt in the morning skate. So yeah. Todd Richards came over up to me at morning skate towards the end of it and said, you ready to go tonight? I'm like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> ready to go? I mean, if you need me, I, yeah, I'll get myself ready to go. So obviously didn't sleep much that afternoon. And um, so played in Edmonton, played in Calgary, then home against Dallas and um, just played played solid. So I, I, yeah. I got on the radar, got on, you know, the management's radar. And so kind of just, Super steady. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was uh, – and the rest is really history. I mean, it's yeah. – you know, you and I have talked a lot. And and your dad had pointed this out in a feature that I wrote a couple years ago on you is that, like, you know, seventh defensemen come and go in this league. Yeah. And yeah. It, because it is – it's a hard role. I mean, well, not one only of them never it, went. Yeah. He yeah. just came and then yeah, stayed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the thing to me is, like, it's a hard role because also, like, no – you know. You, you just it's easy to replace. Yeah. But also it's a hard role because most guys don't don't, don't are not be content in being in that. Yeah, exactly. And so for, if you have a good attitude and you show and you perform when you're yeah. put in the lineup, yeah. you become valuable to an organization and clearly you were valuable to this team because they yeah. reacquired you twice. So you had played three stints yeah, here. Um but it really is a a remarkable career, definitely the most the the most successful free agent contract in wild history. Um, and, I mean, it's something that's you got to be super prideful about. One to make it happen, but two to do it in your hometown. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, there was countless of guys that went through that locker room that were fourth line guys, or you know, even depth defense depth, depth defensemen like me. That all I try to tell them is, you know, keep being positive, keep you know going about your business day to day, and you know they 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 kind of strayed from that, and then all of a sudden you see. They're down the minors or they're they're in Russia the next year or they're traded or, you know, it just it's so easy to replace a guy that's, you know, depth on your uh, on your depth chart. You know, it's hard to it's hard to move a guy that's signed five years for 30 million dollars. I mean, it's just it's hard to do that. Like so all the superstars, they're pretty cemented in 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 their spots. And um, who who's guys that are easily replaced? It's, you know, depth guys. So um, I. I. A lot of people said, you know, how'd you, how'd you, you know, go through that grind? And, you know, kind of looking back on it, it wasn't much of a grind. I mean, the NHL is the top league in the world. It's it, when, when I was in the minors my first year in Houston, I had uh, vets like Patrick O'Sullivan and Jed Ortmeyer and Johnny DeSalvatore say, like, if you get there, do whatever you can to stay there. And it, it just kind of always stuck with me. So I'm, once well, I got like there. like you said in your letter. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, it's, it's an easy league to get to. Yeah. It's a harder mm-hmm. league to stay. In, yeah. Right? Yeah, and you've heard that. Count, how many times yeah. have you heard that statement? I mean, it's, it's, it's so true. Like, so many guys get, you know, a, a cup of coffee is what they call it. You, you get a game or you get five games. Towards the end right of the year. Yeah, yeah, he does, yeah. But, I mean, but you stuck as a seventh defenseman basically in the NHL for, for like eight years in a row yeah. without going back to the American Hockey League. And so I think the, the point you're making is that look, you got to figure out a way to create value in what yeah. you bring yeah. so that they don't just say, well, this guy's a, a replaceable part. Yeah. No, he's valuable as a seventh defenseman. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why Minnesota kept re-signing you even yeah. though they knew that it was unlikely – Barring injury, you were going to be in the top six. Yeah, and they always wanted to replace me. Every every free agency period, they signed another D-man or two, or the, at trade deadline, they'd always pick up a D-man or two, and it's like, holy crap! Like these guys just like keep you know putting guys over the top of me. But um, you know, I always kind of just waited my turn and um, you know kept that positive attitude because I mean, what's in my control? I mean, at the end of the day, 
my attitude and my work ethic. Other than that, I mean, what what else can I do? I can't. I'm not. I'm not like all of a sudden going to Chuck Fletcher's office or Mike Yo's office and say, "Hey, what are you guys doing signing this guy?" Or what do you guys as a league minimum one year contract kind of guy? Well. What, you don't like where you're at? Well, go over to the KHL and see if you like it any better. Right. You know? Well, I think it's significant. The guys you just mentioned, I mean, it's, it isn't a coincidence that the places that you left, the destinations to which you, where you arrived, were all guys that knew you. Yeah. Mike Yo goes to St. Louis and you wind up in St. Louis. Yeah. He hated putting you on waivers. In fact, I, we were in St. Louis Yep. with the wild shortly before that happened and i yeah. talked with mike and and i just said hey you know how's Prost doing he said you yeah. know what he said they're gonna end up putting them on waivers and i know minnesota will claim them yeah and sure <laughs> enough that's what happened i mean and yeah. then when philadelphia calls yeah not a surprise that yeah. it's chuck fletcher and mike yo that are there when it happens i mean yeah. i think that says something I'll take credit about for it your, yeah. your third return because that's the right yeah i ran Kyle Quincy right out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember that was even unbelievable. The, even the last time I was put on waivers, yeah. I remember Bruce Boudreau like kind of coming up to me before a couple practices before, just skating around uh, practice, being like, you know, I don't, you're, you're number eight. I don't know what they're gonna do. I, I'm trying to tell them to keep you. Like, you know, and, like yeah. he didn't even want to lose me on waivers, but it's kind of the nature of the business at the time. You know, getting older, and they picked up someone else on waivers, and all of a sudden I'm, you know, number eight. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, looking back now, it's 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 it wasn't a grind. I mean, the NHL is the no hunger league. You you're, you're, you eat well, you sleep well, you train well, you travel well. It was it was a league that was so fun to be a part of. Yeah, just the the culture and the guys and um, being around the the you know the plane and the card rides or, or the card games and. The, the dinners we'd go to, I mean, it, it, the whole thing was just kind of what I always wanted to be a part. It was always my dream, and, you know, being the underdog all, all these years, I wasn't a blue-chip guy. I wasn't a first-rounder, like guys that kind of know, like, okay, I'm going to get there eventually. I'm going to make my money eventually. That was never me, so I, 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 I never took anything for granted. That's On the big... ice, was there a better moment than the game-winning goal yeah. when Hockey Day was hosted <laughs> by Elk River? No, I mean, that's probably the top moment of my career. I mean, has to be. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't play in overtime. I, know. I, don't, I don't know what Rick Wilson There's was even doing There's 8 million there. reasons why it should have like, never happened, and all, but it happened. I know, I know. And, and it, just, yeah. it was like the, the, an unbelievable – if you were watching a movie that saw it, you'd say, no way. Yeah. I know, I know. It was, it was scripted pretty perfectly. And that wasn't and your only hockey day that you scored. You no, scored, yeah, I you scored in scored another one, too, and right? then I got an assist in yeah. another one. Like, yeah. I think I have three points in three hockey days. So, like, guys are like, "Man, why don't you treat every game like a hockey day, Minnesota day?" And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I just you, you get to wake up in the morning and watch hockey all day, and it's 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 it's, it's the whole state's kind of pumped up about the day, and just kind of. Yeah, Gets hockey days coming up here. Now, not to make you blush, but I got to ask you about the video that Brittany uh, put together because, I, I mean, and if you have not watched this video, um, either go on YouTube and probably, you know, search uh, Nate Prosser, congrats, or, or you can go on Twitter or in my article, I embedded it. But, I mean, if that was, I mean, there had to be 50 people that were, that she got clips from in there yeah. that are just singing your praises. And yeah. I think if anything that shows the fans, how liked you were like yeah. you were just a loved loved teammate i mean one of the most beloved teammates that have ever played for this team and and you know i appreciate that because we're 
two very unlikable people. So, uh, <laughs> no, um, no, you guys. But great. I mean, I mean, that had to be like there. I mean, you had to be waterworks. It after was, that. And then when your daughters come on there, oh my god, that's I when know, I lost. I know. It. I know. It was a. I was pretty emotional that day. Um, you know, like a couple Yo days ago. Yo was almost crying on there. Yeah, and Britt, they had to cut that short. Yozi and Chuck, they Britt had yeah, to cut Yo, them shorter. Chuck's, Chuck's words to you were beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean, they they both spoke for three minutes, and they had to cut it down to like a minute. Uh, um, I mean, those two guys were kind of always in my corner. They're almost like my angels in this in this sport. You know, they're always. Knew what I was gonna bring on and off the ice, so they uh, they always you know kind of ca- kept calling me back, and um, I always wanted to follow those guys around. But yeah, a couple of days ago, it was a pretty emotional day. Just, just get a, a lot of support from old teammates and trainers, and I mean even like St. Louis, I was there for you know one stint where it was a month for a training camp, so I hardly met anybody. And then the next stint, I was there for two months, and I I got reached out by a couple guys. You know, Braden Shen texted me and you know said. You know, like so happy for you. I'm glad we got to cross paths for a couple months. Like just like, you know, got you know, and then there's a few trainers from St. Louis, and then you know, I was down in Iowa um, from March, April, May for three months, and like half the team was texting me, yeah. and just they they all knew, like my, all my sayings, like frick, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, no yeah. swearing, and um, <laughs> just all the lines that I say, and they were all spitting it back to me in text messages, yeah. and. Just a lot of support. I mean, that's the beauty of this sport is there's so many good, humble yeah. guys. And Like, I love Seto and uh, Heatley in there, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, those are, those are guys like, you know, you know, maybe what their extracurriculars off the ice weren't the greatest, but I that wasn't me to ju- for me to judge. So all I ever did was want to be their friend. Like, on the bus, getting from plane to hotel, I would, you know, look back at Heater and ask what he's doing for dinner. And everyone would just laugh at me and be like, like do you think, what, what are you asking Heater for? Like, he, you know, he's not going to go to dinner with you. And he'd be like, you know, Pross, that's none of your business. Or he'd, you know, or he'd invite me, you know, just like, you know, like, I, he's just a normal guy to me. But like, everyone else kind of looked at him, you know, like he was, you know, some crazy figure but you know it's so um, funny because i tell people all the time one of my favorite people i've ever covered here was was heater yeah that guy was so great so great i I mean he's one of a kind for sure and um i'll I'll definitely miss that guy just i sat across from him on the plane so just hearing so many stories of that guy and just watching his mannerisms and the way he talked and um just went about his life like no one could get on the plane before him and like you know is it that kind of era where like young guys couldn't get on the get on the plane first couldn't go through the meal <laughs> line first and if anyone ever did Zen and Kanopka would like grab you by the trap and rip your trap off and um, I mean like you know there's so many guys that kind of you know I was you know back to like Tori Mitchell and you know Keith Ballard I mean there's just so many guys along the way that there's so many good humble guys yeah it made a couple jokes about the fact that you don't swear and we've let, let's just say I don't swear Publicly, off the ice, right? Because I was just going to like. I mean, there there's times where I, I, you know, heat of the moment type of stuff, or you know, guy gets smoked from behind. It's like, all right, I mean, it's a couple words and like, right. let's go type of deal. And that but, was what I was going to ask you because I'm fairly certain we've picked up a couple on the ice over the yeah, years. Yeah, and I was just wondering if that was an aberration or if it was no, nah, no, nah, yeah, I mean. 
It happened, but it, I mean, just on occasion, <laughs> just on occasion. Let's just say that. I don't know. It's, it's the other thing I got to ask you about is Russo brags about your poker skills, and I played cards with you on a summer tour. Yeah, when we were playing poker. We were yeah. playing five hundred on a bus. Yeah, I remember that. And it was Ryan Carter and I against you and Keith Ballard. Yeah, we played for about three days. Yeah, maybe 40, 45 games of five hundred. Yeah. We won 44 of them. <laughs> Ballard was about ready to like pitch you out the window of the yeah, bus. He was I so know. frustrated with you. I know. I so know. it's it just 500 that you can't play? It was a new game. You so guys you legitimately, yeah, like, like, that's not poker. You, you I taught, didn't say it was poker. You I said it was cards. That game. You taught me that game. So like, uh, well, I didn't yeah, teach I you everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you taught me darts, too. We did. We You're played darts shark. that whole week. Um, yeah. But no, I don't know. And the stakes are uh, the, when the stakes get high, like you know, I'm, I, I kind of yeah, our stakes weren't very high because you remember you guys were playing with one guy who wasn't on an NHL contract. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I'm, I I probably didn't belong in that in the card games a lot of times. I'm playing against you know, like I said, Heater making seven mil a year, Matt Cook making four a year, um, Ballard making four, Tom Gilbert making four, like Kyle Bradziak, like just you know. And then now, are I'm, they are they cash games or are they tor- like like mini tournaments? Cash games. Okay, yeah. See that's where I'd be nervous. It, like it, I don't it mind got like crazy. like you know I don't care how much money you make, but if you like once yeah. you buy into a tournament, yeah. then like to me I have as much money as you. Yeah. But yeah, cash games I would yeah. not feel comfortable. Oh man, it, it got ruthless. Yeah, I mean, eventually, we, the guy with the biggest wallet's going to win if he wants to. Because yeah. he can force you out. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it got to a point where that's true. You know, you're buying in for five hundred. Well, I'm all in. Okay, I lost another five hundred. Okay, I'm all <laughs> yeah, in. It's right. like okay, well, yeah, that's not. Very I'm, fun. I'm just gonna wait till I see some some yeah. cards and. Yeah. I, I once played with uh, Anthony's son AJ, and this guy beat me catching it straight on the river with like a three seven offsuit, and he wins the hand. <laughs> I almost flipped the table over. Yeah. And he goes, "Oh, I thought I was using my card some last hand, and then I like lost <laughs> my mind." I'm like, are yeah. you kidding me? That's yeah. how he freaking lost his hand. Remember that time yeah. in Edmonton when Chad yeah. did, thought he'd lost? Yeah. Yeah, he thought he had lost. We had four out of the six players were he like some degree of passed out in this yeah. around. This. It was like me and him like were sober and the rest of the Chad and Greenlay that were. I lost to Chad Graff, who thought he lost. Yeah, and like, oh, sometimes it's harder to play and against and guys that are hammered. Right. They're just like even at, I'm talking about after on. the cards were on the table. He's like, yeah. oh damn it! And, <laughs> and I'm looking at it thinking I just lost to this guy. And yeah. I was like, I was out so long that I was like automatic yeah. dealer, and yeah. I and Chad's like, I just got this. And yeah. all he wanted to do yeah. is go to bed. And Anthony's like, Chad, you have a flush. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, no <laughs> you clue. Just won. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely no clue. Yeah. Um, let's just uh, and I by the way, we have a mic here, and if you want to come up and ask. Nate uh, questions, feel free to come on up. Again, if you ask questions, you get a uh, raffle ticket for some grain belt prizes at the end. I wanted to ask you about your last NHL goal. Uh, as great as a goal as I, I've ever seen, just based yeah. on your reaction playing for that team right yeah. there, the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. Um, you're called up. It's your Flyers it was debut. First game, the, right? First game. First game. Yeah. yeah. First Flyers game. Debut. A, like You've a been on the taxi half. squad all year. It was right? like a year and a half or two years. Yeah. Since that's my last um, time joking. Yeah. It was, and and there you go. <laughs> Pinch in. Back door. Back door. <laughs> beauty. <laughs> and and Ke- Mike Yo had the great line right away. He goes, Yeah, I clearly obviously didn't know that I should have let him actually uh, pinch chin for his entire career rather than that. But I mean, but there again, like Zach Parisi had this great line about you once where he basically said like, just look at the excitement of everybody on the team when Nate Prosser scores that says it all about him. And there you saw it. It's your Flyers debut and 
Van, you know, Van Riemsdyk and yeah, all these yeah, guys yeah. are just going nuts on yeah, the ice. Yeah, yeah. The bench went crazy. Yeah. I mean, that had to yeah. be just an incredible yeah, moment. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, I don't know. I, I just always uh, found ways to you know, like stick around. And that was just kind of another way. It, just, yeah. it was funny getting some texts from guys like, what are you doing back door like that? You you always had a leash on in Minnesota. You know, <laughs> Rick Wilson always like kind of pulled me back in. And I mean, even on that game winner at uh, Hockey Day uh, against Dallas, I guess guys said before I pinched down, they're all like Rick Wilson is like yelling, no, no, <laughs> yeah, stay back. And I go on and score. And then all of a sudden he starts cheering. But You know the um, greatest part of that clip? Uh, besides your goal score, your goal call, but was um, when Marco Marco Scandella was in the celebratory pile. But it was like when Marco realized that it was you that scored. Yeah, his yeah. face. Was, oh, he was screaming yeah, in my face. It was just hilarious. He got like nose to nose with me. We were, just, yeah. we were screaming back and forth at each yeah. other. And yeah, yeah. Well, the, and the reaction yeah. on the bench. Yeah. The, we the first thing we cut to are the coaches. You can read their lips, and it's just they're like pros. Yeah. And, and it was it was priceless. Yeah. It was yeah, absolutely uh, priceless. Hey, you've heard me talk about my friends over a profile for almost two years now. Now it's that time of year again. Well, it's time to get focused on your health. I know, I know you say it every January, but this year it's different. This year, instead of going in alone, team up with an expert who actually knows the science behind weight loss, an expert like my certified health coach at Profile. Profile was created by doctors to take the guesswork out of losing weight. I've lost a lot of weight. I'm trying to keep it off. It's been one of the best decisions I've ever made. I just feel so much better about myself, uh, healthier, feel like I look better, it just gives me more confidence, all that stuff that you know when you lose weight and you feel better about yourself. So Profile has helped thousands of members like me and they can help you too. You can get started today. Visit profileplan.com slash twin cities for a location near you. That's profileplan.com slash twin cities. Hey everyone, attorney Jerry Bosch here with Bosch Law Firm and workcompexperts.com. For almost 30 years, we've represented Minnesotans just like you all over the great state of Minnesota to guarantee they've been treated fairly and with respect when they've suffered a work-related injury. A work injury can change your life in an instant. You need someone on your side who can help you focus on getting back on your feet and getting paid while you do. You may be entitled to medical benefits, wage loss benefits, job placement, retraining, and payment for permanent disability. To make sure you are being paid all the work comp benefits you're entitled to, please call the attorneys at Bosch Law Firm. The call is always free, and there's never a fee unless we recover benefits on your behalf. Call 651-333-8300, Bosch Law Firm, or visit us at workcompexperts.com. My friend, Dr. Joel Boyd from TRIA, he, he's just a great man, and he, he took care of me on my first ever visit to TRIA for myself. I had been there before with... With my son and my daughter has been down there to see their doctors. And no matter what your area of problem might be, they've got an expert in the field. And for me, it was Dr. Joel Boyd and my knee after a crash on the side of the mountain in Whistler. And But anyway, Dr. Joel Boyd did a great job on my surgery and, and was so accommodating. And my mom's got in to see him. He's just among the many at TRIO, whether you're an athlete trying to get yourself back on the field or just an active person that is looking to enjoy life to the max. If you've got any kind of problem that way, TRIO Orthopedics is the, is the best place to stop. Um, so Chris Prosser, one of the great, great, great people, uh, still one of my favorite quotes. So here you can grab this mic. Um, and if you want, grab a chair. Um, but, you know, like to me, one of the favorite quotes of ever of any parent that I've ever asked, by the way, I hope you don't mind that your dad's No, up no, here. I don't care. Um, yep. <laughs> is that one of the great questions uh, or comments or quotes ever was when he said, you took a puff of your cigar, which I already I got. So the story behind that is Muggs 
Chris's lovely uh, wife didn't apparently know that he smoked cigars anymore. And then in the lead of my Nate Prosser feature, I have him taking a puff of a cigar. So I immediately got Chris in trouble. But yeah. it's just a great quote that where you're like, I'm like, give me a scouting report of, of Nate. And you're like, hmm, 39's not pretty. <laughs> but yet you still meant it in like a, like a loving way. And uh, I think that... That's part of it. I mean, you know, as, as tough as you were on Nate, there was nobody prouder than, than you watching all his games, right? Oh, for sure. Um, although, although, from what I've heard, is Nate's the most loved guy on every team that he's ever been on. I was starting to think about my family. I've got 19 of us. I'm three children. They're all married, 11 grandkids. And I would say that my wife's one, who I love, uh-huh. My daughter's probably two. <laughs> I have 11 grandkids, yeah. two through 13. So Nate and his brother and my two or my son-in-law are like tied for 14th. So yeah. So on that team, but, I'm, I'm not doing yeah. too good. And, and right. wasn't it like Luke, Luke used in to my say, house behind a couple yeah. dogs? Yeah. So yeah. We're, like Luke used to say is uh, your brother is that that you were an annoying like you're like yeah. all oh, like yeah. everybody hated playing against you as a yeah. kid, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I, I was playing against kids three years older than me, and they were you know. They always used their stick and whack me, so I started giving them back, and that's, I don't know, kind of the way I picked up my, my game along the way is, you know, I needed to find a way to be different than everybody else, and it kind of kept me into the game, and so I, you know, started chirping and started, you know, trying to get under the opponent's skin, and that's kind of what my dad taught me along the way is uh, this is a way to, you know, be able to flip the switch once you get on that ice, like turn, in, yeah. turn, in, turn into a mean, mean, mean prick and go at it. This reminded me of a question I got on Twitter for you today. This this made me laugh, and I want to know if it's true. Ben Tesler asked, ask Prosser if him and the Elk River boys intentionally cut out the fingers in their gloves to grab face masks his senior year. <laughs> I think, I mean, there's a couple guys. I don't know if it was intentional. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's just say. Like, it's just oh, conveniently. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, I mean, we're blue collar, you know, bring your lunch pill to work type of team and that's how tony sarzlin wanted it you know like we and and i don't i don't think is this on i don't think uh, a lot of elk river people can afford a new pair of gloves so that, that was could have been yeah, we just yeah. kept our that's, yeah, that's one way to justify it yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't imagine st louis park was a much of a rigid test where you guys would have had to have been resorting to grabbing face masks back then no no i don't know if we ever we didn't play st louis park too much I mean, our rivals are like, you know, Noka and Blaine. No, but that's, I think that's who this guy oh, was asking yeah. about. Was oh, said yeah. it was against St. Louis Park, which oh, surprised okay. me. But yeah. No, no, he didn't say St. Louis Park. He was just saying, uh, yeah, his name was Ben Tesler. He was oh. asking about the Elk River boys. Oh. Um, his senior year is what it yeah, was. Yeah, like. yeah. Uh, so uh, what do you think? Well, like, do you ever go into that Elk River rink now and see Nate's, uh, you know, picture up uh, on the wall and all that stuff? I mean, it's got to be pretty prideful. Yeah, I, I went to watch my grandson, who plays for Centennial, on their uh, peewee team, and, and I saw in one corner is uh, Wayne Gretzky, and in another corner is Herb Brooks, and the other corner is Nate Prosser, and, and uh, I don't know, different levels of hockey there, <laughs> but I knew who my favorite was. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, um, that's a cool little thing up there. I, I didn't know they were doing that either, and. Um, this kind of a line I kind of always lived by too, you know. I, I, hockey was going to come come and go for everybody, whether you you're done at 
You play JV hockey for Anoka or Elk River, or you play till you're 44, like Matt Collin. You know, it's yeah. comes and goes. It's, it's it's not it's not who you who I was. It's just kind of what I did for that many years, and you know, that's kind of was my motto is. Uh, Get, be a good light to all my teammates, make good friendships, yeah. and kind of enjoy the ride. Now, you went, uh, like, your senior year, did you leave high school to go to I did. juniors? Yeah, like, yeah. How hard of a decision was that, Chris, uh, for him? You, Sioux Falls, right? Sioux Falls, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that had to be a, a – uh, I was going to support Nate on whatever decision he decided to make. Um, it was a tough decision. I mean, he had tried out for a couple of USHL teams. I think he tried out for Tri-City. Um, Waterloo. Waterloo and Sioux Falls and you're 0 for 3. Yeah. Didn't make one of them. Yeah. And when the Sioux Falls coach called at uh, Christmas, they were in last place, had won maybe four or five games. And uh, all I asked them is, um, is, is if, Nate if I give Nate's blessing to go, obviously it'll be Nate's decision, but if I give him my blessing to go, he has to play and stay in the lineup. And he said, yeah, we've won four games and we're in last place, so he'll be in the lineup. It was a perfect fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, um, how much do you watch the Wild now? Um, I probably watch, um, what has it been, 25 games? Probably yeah, watch yeah. 10, half, yeah. half. I mean. Usually mute the TV, put on the radio. Yeah, yeah. well, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just have it on the background. But right, yeah. um, I've been going to, like, high school hockey games, too. Oh, I, yeah. I helped uh, – Helped captain's practices for uh, YZ High School, oh, not nice. far from my house. Um, I don't know. I know the coach, Pat O'Leary, and he just like, hey, can you run a few of these? So I went out and ran, I don't know, five or six of them and got to know a lot of those guys, a lot of, a lot of really nice guys on the team. So I've gone to like three of their games, gone to Elk River. Um, just still got a love for the game. You yeah. know, I, I thought it was going to go away, but, um, you know, it's still kind of there. But just know my playing days are over and, you know, I, I made the right decision there. Yeah, and I don't want to say what it is because I don't want to scoop myself, but uh, we have an incredible story coming out July, January 26th at The Athletic that Nate's a part of uh, playing pickup hockey on an outdoor rink. Oh, yeah, in, yeah, uh, yeah. In the uh, outskirts of Minnesota, we have drone videos. I mean, there's a whole multimedia presentation to go with this story uh, that, that we're working on now, too, that I'm telling you, uh, you will absolutely love this, but Nate's a huge part of it. And, um, you know, again, not to not – to, you know, give away too much about it. But the coolest part of that experience that I think you guys do it is it is a bunch of professional athletes yeah. and you get that locker room talk that yeah. you guys probably all miss. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's basically the, the reason I went out there is just to kind of yuck yeah. it with the guys in the locker room. I, I, we're not out there to like, you know, yeah. really win, win the game or anything. You just, you know, get a little workout. But, but everybody's it, it, wired like a pro athlete. Yeah. I know yeah, how yeah. those, I, I mean, I, Hey, I play you in Let me just tell you, Wes Walls was there like when the game exactly. was on the line. Yeah, Wes right. became a player. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, well, I, Wes Walls and I throw our script in the garbage can at the end of a segment of TV, and it's a competition yeah. for who can th make the most in a row into the garbage can. Yeah. And he doesn't like to lose. No. Yeah. And I like to remind him when he does, so yeah. it, it works out well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Chris, it, I mean, those guys are competitive, as, yeah. and that's and it's that's what yeah. makes it fun. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Chris, what do you, what do you think Nate's after hockey career is going to be like here? I mean, is he going to go work for the family business? <laughs> Can I? Um, <laughs> that'll be that'll be after this podcast. I'm going to come interview for a job with you. But um, you know, I mean, you know, obviously we we talked the other day in the story that I wrote on him that he'd like to get into player personnel. You know as well as I do that he could probably coach. I mean, could you imagine him with a young 
you know, defenseman and just, you know, that friendly face. That should type be of a thing TV guy. Yeah. You could do t- I mean, there's a uh, lot. Maybe. I mean, it feels yeah. like the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, I, I uh, whatever he decides to do, I'll support him. Um, I'm praying for him every day. Um, but I'll go back. Anthony says that he, he doesn't like to lose. You've lost your fair share on the golf course. I have lost. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm 0-1 when you're in the same foursome. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't close, I might add. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he'd, he'd be wonderful in hockey. Um, he'd be wonderful in business. Yeah. Whatever he decides to do. He, I told uh, him that after that letter that he wrote to announce his retirement, we have a place for him at The Athletic, too. Well, could Brittany I, I writes written? everything that uh, that he puts on. Well, so. <laughs> those are my words. Yeah, yeah. You, could, you could tell I was talking through that. Yeah, letter. no doubt. Oh, yeah. That was clear. Yeah, yeah but uh, but Britt Brit helped uh, ghostwrite it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, she proofread it just to make sure I didn't sound like a complete idiot or anything. No, it was good. Yeah. it was good. I was I was definitely impressed. I've had to. I've had. I've done that before, and <laughs> every now and then I'll actually open up the letter. I'll be like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna save you a little embarrassment. Yeah. Just edit a little. Yeah. Do a little grammar, and you yeah. know, I, you I didn't do one thing to it. Good. It was pretty. Good, good. It was pretty impressive. Good. So you said you like your realization that there's still a passion for hockey. Yeah. Like what's your guess? What what do you how do you stay involved in the game? Is it, do you, is there an area of the game that intrigues you the most? Well, um the last couple of years um when I was in Iowa and then the next year I was in Lehigh Valley, I was in the minors in the AHL. Um I I was the older veteran kind of leader of the teams. And I, I liked being in that position where guys really looked up to me for advice and guidance. Because um, all these guys, they have what it takes on the ice. They, they're fast. They're, they got good shots. They, they're competitive. They're you know, all these good intangibles to, to be good players and are probably all, you know, eventually get to the NHL someday maybe. But off the ice the only advice they ever got was, you know, from their dad. And they, they were just kind of almost seemed lost off the ice where they could hardly change a light bulb in their apartment. So it just, it, it kind of drew my attention where I would love to be in that guidance, you know, player development role, help, help some defensemen get from college to the minors to the NHL or from the minors to the NHL or whatever it might be. But, um, or you know, or you know, pos- you know, when I was when I was playing, I always kind of looked at coaching like, no, that's not, that's never going to be for me. But now that I've gotten done and you know, you know helped with captain's practices, I'm, I'm coaching my daughter's hockey. You know, the the the, the drive kind of comes back to, you know, if the opportunity arose in a coaching spot, you know, I. It's not that I would, you know, shut it down right away. Did it's, you pick the brains, especially of if it's coach- at a good age? Yeah. Did you pick the brains of coaches at all late in your career, like X's and O's kind of stuff that would carry over into a, a coaching role? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, you know, like I, I talked to, I've been talking to Yo a little bit here and there, just about coaching and his experiences. And he always just said, Pross, like you were so good with your X's and O's that you don't even really know it. Like that, like me positionally, I, I, I was always on point. I, I never got beat. You know, I was always good in the corners. I was always good one-on-ones, two-on-ones, three-on-twos. Um, you know, I was, I was never out of position. And um, so he said, just 
the way you played would carry over into your coaching where you'd be so good with your X's and O's where you'd be so, um, so helpful to a lot of teams. So I don't know. I, I, I see coaching and, you know, especially at the professional ranks is they're, they're long hours. They are, yeah. they're, it's a grind. They're, 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 they're watching a lot of video and um, just going back to, you know, family and, you know, playing hockey for the past 11 years in pro hockey, I've, it, I've been away from home a lot. So it's whatever is the next chapter. I, I, I want to be around my girls just cause I can tell they, they already like having me around more and that, you know, giving them my time is so much more important than really anything right now. Just cause um, when you're in pro hockey, you're, you're, you're gone for a week on the, on a West coast swing and you're, you're talking to them to through FaceTime and then you're home for six days. Well, on those six days you're home, we might play three games and those game days, really, I'm not home. I mean, you're going to the rink early in the morning to do morning skate. You're going to have pasta with the guys after the, after morning skate, you're rushing home to get home for a nap. You wake up from your nap and you're going to the rink. You're not getting home till midnight. I mean, really, you're gone that day. So um, it's 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 just been a breath of fresh air to just kind of not have a schedule and you know be an Uber driver for my daughters and you know drive them around and um, coach their stuff. They 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 love having me on the ice with them. I find it amazing that. Uh the pro hockey players can put that nap in as if it, they have to get that nap in as part of the schedule. I don't think it anybody is. here relates to that. But. I'll tell you what. So I've never, like, uh, I, like, you know, we sort of have, like, the same schedules on the road. Like, you know, we, when they get back to the team hotel, we get back to the team hotel. And when they go to the rink, we go to the rink as B-Riders. I've never taken an afternoon nap until Phoenix this year. And honestly, I don't even know how the heck I got out. Like, I... Like an hour and a half, I just honestly wanted to just stay in bed for the rest of the night. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know how you guys just do that on well, an everyday basis. You get up and you slam that or you yeah. crack. A, I, mean, I was a big Red Bull guy or like a monster. Oh, really? Yeah, just kind of yeah. got to get jacked I, I back up. Taken, I've never taken a nap ever on a game really? day. I just, I well, you're never, a big coffee guy too. Well, right? two a day. I'm yeah. not like, I don't drink it all day like he does, but yeah. two a day. And I'll get it five shots on the way to the rink. For a game night, but it's but I just can't. I, I can't sleep. Uh, last question, and I, I definitely want to fans to come on up and feel comfortable to ask questions to Nate or ask Anthony and I got any questions about the Wild. Uh, feel free to come on up. Where did you learn how to take a hit to make a play? Because honestly, there were times where you got slammed where I'm like, I don't even know how the heck you got up. Like, yeah, it's like you were like Gumby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that probably came from Yo. I think Yo really preached that because when I was in juniors in Sioux Falls. I remember you and even my coaches um, would tell me to always move the puck and then protect yourself, get your stick up right in their face. <laughs> and that, I mean, then all of a sudden I get to the NHL and well, if I start doing that, I'm going to start getting, putting my team down for four minutes because I'm going to high stick someone and, right. you know, make them bleed. And then all of a sudden, you know, you do that too many times, all of a sudden I'm not, not playing, playing in the NHL anymore. So um, that was just Mike, Mike Yo's philosophy is, you know, you know, you got to be able to take a hit to make the play. And mm -hmm. so um, he didn't like when a puck was dumped into, into my corner and you get beat to it. So I needed to be the first one back and make a play. And back when I first kind of got broken into the league, the, 
there was some meat lines. You know, it's different now. There's there's no meat lines anymore. We call them, you know, go back to the meat locker. They're, you know, third and fourth line guys. They, you know, we go up to Calgary and we play Brandon Bullig and McGratton around the yeah. line. It's like, okay, well, these two guys are look like UFC fighters and they want to take my head off and put me in row D. It's like, okay, well, in order to take a hit to make a play, I had to learn how to take a hit. And yeah. um, so just kind of learn fairly fast how to do that, I guess. And um, But, yeah, games definitely change now. I mean, as, as you guys have seen, it's, there's not many – many of those lines anymore you gotta mm -hmm. i mean it's four lines that can produce now i mean the fourth line of the wild can score i mean they can skate yep no doubt about it you have a question and remember uh josh driver is over here if you want to uh, check out uh some of his photography it's absolutely awesome i honestly like legitimately have three uh 13 pieces in my in my house it's pretty crazy so jimmy was out here yesterday for my furnace tune-up from aquarius home services and i told him about for some reason, my thermostat has been going on and off. It's been sort of timing out. He immediately diagnosed the problem, figured out that my furnace was overheating and was able to fix it within an hour. Absolutely awesome. And I'm telling you, it is the start of a new year, and I don't know if you have any projects on your list for 2022. Well, if you need repairs, I know you've heard me talk about Aquarius Home Services and heating and cooling and their water and their plumbing services for a long, long time. But did you know they also do electrical? Aquarius Home Services have a limited-time electrical offers for this new year. Get an electrical safety inspection for only 98 bucks or get any electrical repair for not 65 bucks off. With Aquarius, you'll enjoy respectful, on-time, professional service, and no surprise upfront pricing. Trust me, my friends over at Aquarius Home Services, they strive on earning the right to be recommended, which is why I just always, always recommend them. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com, and don't forget to mention that Russo sent you. When you go to Kowalski's, check out their the deli area. When you're throwing together an appetizer tray, their people are so knowledgeable when it comes to different cheeses and different salamis and can help you get the right combination on your appetizer platter. AJ was in town the other night. He walked up and he was like, holy cow, does this trailer? He said, I could, this could be my meal. And a lot of times it can. We've had just some great luck with some of their different cheeses. And the, the Briat cheese is my favorite. With the, They've got a red table salami that is it's a, from a company here, a local Minnesota company that the salamis are awesome. You can pick them up at Kowalski's. If you're going to have a great meal, you're going to have great company, you're going to have a great night just celebrating food and drink around the table, you might as well start with the best ingredients and I get those at Kowalski's. The more things change, the more things change. And when it comes to real estate, two things are changing big time as we head into the winter, the housing market and consumer expectations. When it comes to the market, Christendal Real Estate is seeing more homes for sale, but they're not selling as fast. And experts are seeing higher interest rates on the horizon. As for consumers, it's convenience, convenience, convenience. We all want to save time and order with the click of a button. That's why Chris Sundahl Real Estate created its hugely successful guaranteed offer program. They've motivated buyers because everybody knows their name. In fact, every single time they market themselves, every single time you see the Chris Sundahl arms out pose and the dances on the TV commercials and the banners and all that stuff, well, they're actually helping sell your home which is why they feel 100% confident guaranteeing offers. Thousands of people have received guaranteed offers from Chris Sundahl Real Estate because it's the most convenient way to sell, period. More flexibility, more options, more access to homes to buy. So don't wait. Whether you want to sell conventionally or go the guaranteed offer route, call Chris Sundahl Real Estate today at 763-401-SOLD or go to chrislindahl.com. That's chrislindahl.com. 
Com. Well, uh, first off, thanks to Ross for, you know, or congrats for the 12-year career. It's awesome. Thank you. Um, but then, like, the big question I had for all three of you guys is John Merrill just got re-signed for mm -hmm. three years, 1.2 mil AAV, right? So as a former, like, fifth, sixth, seventh defenseman, you know, like, we've talked about how you've stayed sort of in the league, you know? Yeah. And what, what's it feel like to have pressure, like, from behind you? That's a great question. With, like, prospects coming up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of people, like, yesterday when that, that deal comes out, I mean, you know that, I mean, it's only natural. All of a sudden, Kaylin Addison's wondering, well, where, where yeah, am I playing? Or, for sure. You know, Jordy Ben's thinking, well, <laughs> is this my last couple months here? I, mean, I didn't have the luxury of one of those deals. Yeah. You know, my, my deals were one year. I had, I think, two or two years. So uh, two, two years and seven one years, I think it was. <laughs> so um, I was always looking over my back. Yeah. I, I mean, the, my, my early years is Matt Dumba and Jonas Brodeen. Okay, I got to fend off young guys. Um, who's, who's Chuck going to want to play? A 25-year-old that's been around a little bit longer or, you know, bring up his first and second rounders. You know, it's, it's, it's the nature of the beast. I, you know, I knew, you know, going back to the articles, every game was kind of a tryout, especially early on. Like when I wanted to stay in the NHL, I mean, I got there, like Patrick O'Sullivan said, now, how do I stay there? I, I needed to find a role. I needed to find an, a niche. And um, I was able to find that early in my career. So that was, I was fortunate to do that. I, I think Yoke just kind of put me in that, that defensive defenseman spot and penalty killer. Um, so an, uh, a lot of people that come from college played a ton of minutes, played power play, did everything. It, it's it's an adjustment for them to get into pro hockey and all of a sudden the coach says, well, you're actually going to play 10 minutes tonight. You're going to be on third yeah. set and you're going to penalty kill. Well, that's that's a big shock to a lot of people's system. For me, it was just like, okay, I got to figure out if this is going to be my role in my niche, let's let's rock it. Let's, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it to the best that I can and, um, you know, that, that I'm going to do it as long as I can. And... So, um, going back to the question, is just I, I was able to kind of solidify that six, seven spot where they could sit me out for three, four weeks at a time, and I'll be able to get back in and perform and win. Um, that was the biggest thing is when I got back in the lineup, I I needed the team to have success because all these coaches are really superstitious. They they want to stick with the winning lineup, so. Um, when we won, I was able to stay in the lineup. So um, just, I'd say, just kind of find that role and kind of help me out. Well, the one thing I'd add about Merrill specifically is he's been, he has been probably the most pleasant surprise the yeah, Wild have added this I like year. I don't game. think they had, yeah. I don't think the expectations were anywhere close to what he's provided. And yeah. he's been, he's been rock solid yeah. for them. He, he played when I, when I was around and he was like number eight in Las Vegas. So we, we he didn't, he didn't play much. And, um, you know, it just, all it takes is a, a coach to put a little confidence in you and play a little bit and for you to perform. I mean, all, all it really takes. And all of a sudden you get a three-year deal and, you know, no doubt about it. I remember uh, having a conversation with Ryan Carter, and we were talking about uh, finally getting in the lineup after you've been sitting out a couple of games, because Ryan had that too at the beginning of his yeah. career, and how our family would watch Nate finally get back in the lineup, and we'd all be rooting for a win, right? So we were all yeah. 
pulling hard for yeah, right. Koivu and Parisi and Suter <laughs> to have really good games and, yeah. and Dubnik and, and uh, so we could play again because yeah. we knew with a win you're probably in. Yeah. yeah. And it really didn't even matter if you performed that game very no. well. If you lost, there's a good chance that would get you'd get rotated out. Yeah, so. no yeah. doubt about it. And then you know, get the get the prospect up. You know, we're on a three game losing streak. We we'll always lost again. Let's give this other kid a try. You know. Yep, no doubt about it. Question. Nate, thanks for coming out. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if you could speak to how Chuck Fletcher, uh, what his tenure was like with the Flyers, and then maybe you two could speak a little bit more in depth about it off. Outside person looking in, it looks like it's kind of a tumultuous time there. About four seasons worth, a lot of draft picks sent, and not a lot of results. So, uh, curious what? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, me, me and Chuck have had a great relationship all the way through. Um, he, you know, going from Minnesota to Philly, it's there. It just feels like there's so much more built-up pressure out there. Um, the fans are quick to get on you um managements and, and owners are quick to get on him i'm sure and um so moves always have to be made it, it feels like whenever you read about nhl rumors or trades is going to happen the flyers are always involved because yep. if things aren't going well it's like okay you know what's the gm's got to do something here i mean you know fans just are never really patient out there they're they're very loyal but they're very uh ruthless i guess you can say they they expect winning winning teams and to win now and there's never a season where i can say i can rebuild um so um he's under a lot of pressure um you can see that i saw that last year when you know the flyers struggled and um we had our exit meetings and it literally looked like him and the coaches didn't sleep for a week mm -hmm. um you know there's, there's i've just, seen that face from him yeah there's yeah. just a, a just a, a lot of pressure out there and you know he made a lot of moves this last summer um to to build the roster they they brought in like yandel and um wrist the Ellis, line in and which Ellis. is the one that um, i mean that injury is so the one that's really yeah they kind of built up the decor um i i thought they were all really good moves but this um ellis has been out basically all year um they start the season with, you know, the Hayes injury. And yeah, then Hayes, Hayes yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, they're already calling for him to make more moves now because they're struggling. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've heard Giroux um, could be out there, but uh, I, I don't know. It, is, it's a tough is, job. Um, That's a tough job to, yeah. to be a GM of a, of a fan base yeah. like that. What is uh, closure like uh, on and off the ice? Because, you know, to me, like I look at him as sort of the ultimate leader. Ulti I mean, yeah ultimate leader he's uh he he's a guy that, like the statement take the bull by the horns is like is his motto like mm -hmm. that guy everything kind of runs through him off the ice um he trains the hardest he's um you know they have like you know the 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 most fit guy um at training camp every year and like claude drew has you know his name down all those i mean when you look at him, it doesn't look like he's like like super physically fit, but man, he's 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 fit and um, he works hard. And uh, you know, you you see how hard he competes night in and night out. He hates to lose, mm -hmm. and um, it, that, that's just all his qualities. Is he he everyone just kind of follows his lead yep, because yep. you know you you see how much you know last year when when things weren't going well, you could see on his face like how almost like dead inside he was mm -hmm. it's just it, it was just eating him up he's just like he just longs to win
So if you were the Wild, what would you trade to get him? <laughs> <laughs> and can you make sure he weighs his no move to come here? Barb, and a couple more minutes in the show, so if you want to ask a question, I'll last call here. First, congratulations on a, a great Thank career, you. Nate. Thank you. Um, I just wondered about uh, Fiala and what do you, what, where's his future yeah. with the Wild? I mean, uh, in terms of uh, Kevin, I mean, you know, that was pretty cool the other night. Uh, you know, he takes the three penalties and then he comes back in the lineup. Uh, he gets comes back for the third period. He gets benched. Um, and the then he period? basically, yeah, he gets Half benched the first 850 of the period with nine guys out. Wow. And, you know, he seemed to have a, a really good attitude uh, during TV timeouts. He was fist pumping guys, tapping them on their shin pads. And then the next stoppage... Uh, Bally Sports North catches it. He has, you know, I don't know if pleading the case, pleading is like he has a, a heart to heart. You could read his lips at the he, end of the conversation. Yeah, he said, I he effed said, up. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And he and, apologized. And, and Dean put him back in. Yeah. Dean's he said, credit. he said, I know I screwed up and I'm going to, whether you play me or not, I'm going to support the guys. And he gave another opportunity. So look, I mean, the one thing about Kevin is he works his butt, butt off every single game. And so, um, you know, he's scoring goals now all the time. So I just, I think it was a blip in the radar. He took three three p tough penalties. He's been mostly disciplined this season where a couple of years ago he was trying to remedy that part of his game. But in terms of his future, I mean, the money writes itself. I mean, the fact that they're playing all these games in Canada with no fans does not help the cause, right? I mean, this is going to be a team that does not get any f cap flexibility next year, and right now they cannot afford him on a long-term deal. I mean, it's just it's that, it's that simple. So, uh, question? Congrats again, by the way, Nate. Thank you. Um, you talked a lot about guys when you got to Houston, maybe when you got up to the show, um, who were big mentors for you. I'm going to flip that on you and say, who are a couple guys now um, that are younger guys or guys that are just coming up that you feel like you've had a big impact on that we may hear their name or that we may already know? Yeah. Um, trying to think of them. Um, yeah, they're pretty like, much gone, right? Conant Greenway was down yeah, there for about yeah, a couple yeah. of coffee. Yeah, Greenway, um, Louis Belpedio. He's, he's a guy that always yeah, he's texted in Montreal, me. Man. Uh, yep. um, pretty much everybody on that Iowa team are gone. Yeah. Dennis, Mayhew, yep. uh, Manel. Yeah, but then there's other guys. Basically, Nate Prosser just ran these guys right out of there. I mean, the, the, the question where you have to fend off guys, you know, that's that was kind of what it, like, my career. I had to fend off, like, you know, Ballard getting traded here, Leopold getting traded here. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I mean, the list is like Endless. probably 10, 15 deep. I, you know, not, I'm not off the Mikey top of my Riley, head. Remember? Yeah, Mikey Riley, Gustav Yeah, Mikey Riley, Gustav Those guys Olsen. were probably um, thinking when they got traded here, like, I got to beat out Nate Prosser. Exactly. Yeah, Christian Folan. I mean, there was, yeah. I mean, it, it was crazy the list, but. Um, Gustav Olofsson. I mean, it was, it was a lot of people yeah. that you had a. Yeah. I would say yeah, you're um, always the last guy standing. Yeah, I always uh, feel like that the Lehigh group, um, you know, like Tyler Wotherspoon and um, Chris Begras and this guys you probably don't really know about, but um, I seem to have you know a big effect on a lot of those guys in the minors because they kind of looked at me as a guy that made it and was there and was able to experience all the experiences and um, they they. they kind of soaked in every word I kind of said and I, I loved it just because um, I knew where hockey lied I, I, you know on the on the depth chart of my life and um, that was just kind of a breath breath of fresh air for a lot of these kids because coming from Canada Canada makes hockey a, a religion um, in every sense of it so uh, it, it's it's hard for a lot of these kids to 
turn the hockey knob off when they even when they leave the rink you know and and I was able to kind of help a lot of these kids that were in the minors to hey you know there's a line that you know when you leave the rink you can you can turn it off and go do other things have a normal life you know do some hobbies but you know it's it hard for a lot of these kids to do that uh last couple of questions what's your shirt what is that? I know it's like usually when I ask this question, I embarrass myself because ever it's so obvious. But which one's that? What's that? So it's it's a uh, a Russian fan of ours responded to a salty Leafs fan on YouTube. Okay. And it says, "Fu Minnesota one." Okay. So they <laughs> they made it into a shirt. Okay. okay. So yeah. now actually I'm not embarrassed that I didn't. Know <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm ju- I'm just curious. Uh, you know, I'm sure we all saw that uh, own goal that my my second team, the Capitals. Uh, scored for us, um, so I'm just kind of curious. Like, well, I heard Anthony's raw reaction, but like, what was all your guys' like raw reaction to that? Yeah, play you know, the first thing I thought was a game I covered in Edmonton in like '99, and the same thing happened. I think it was Ray Whitney that put it in. Um, I think I could be getting that wrong. Uh, I asked somebody that the other day, and he didn't remember it. And I went back in all my articles, and I couldn't find it. But I know I covered it once in my career, and it was in Edmonton. Um, I had uh, never seen it live in the yeah. NHL before, yeah. ever. I mean, and it definitely happened in that Philly series, in that Pittsburgh uh, Philly series that when Bill Guerin was there because it was super famous uh, in that playoff series. Uh, in, was it, it must have been 09 yeah. um, there. So uh, it was just right when – I mean, I thought the best part of that whole video was when Alex Ovechkin was standing like just – just like yeah. a deer, just he staring do anything. across the Actually, right I thought park. the best was Felino pounding on Addison's head because he wanted Addison to get credit for the yeah, goal. Yeah, I know. And in the celebration was trying to sell it as Addison's goal. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. But he knew it was his? Well, he was the last guy to touch the puck, so uh, I don't know if he knew that. I, uh, Addison yeah, was no, the closest. Felino afterwards said that he thought the goal should have gone, that the rule was that it's closest to the puck, and he felt that since it was Addison pressuring oh. uh, Haglin. Well, my, my my best Carl Haglund story is we're walking into Madison Square Garden before the game, and you know you get in on the bottom level and you have to yeah. take the elevator oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, or you walk so the he, ramp. He must have lived right by the arena there at Garden, yeah. so he walked in right when I did and didn't come like you know like through the players' entrance yeah. or anything. And I'm looking at him, and he's playing online poker before the game on his phone. No way. <laughs> and I just was like totally <laughs> like, intru- like just absolutely. That's an cool. addict. But, um, but yeah, he thought that Addison, since he pressured Haglund into it, should have gotten credit, but it is. Is the rule says last one to touch the puck, and uh, if you see the puck is deflected off Felino's stick to Haglin, and that's why he got credit. You uh, want to sing the national anthem, sir? Yeah. yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> how about the Canadian anthem? Hey, yeah. my man, how you doing? Yeah. It's good to see you. This is John the Wild's anthem singer right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I have a couple questions, if you don't mind. I know it's the sure. very end, but uh, first of all, your dad and 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 your brother. I, I'd see them all the time uh, when you were playing for the Wild yeah. when I first started singing for the Wild. Yeah. And these guys are the nicest guys, man. I'm all yeah, back there yeah. nervous because it's just starting out. Yeah. These guys were always so nice and so kind. And, um, Sweet. Elk River, you know. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice folks there. Yeah. So a um, couple questions. One is very anthem singer-centric because <laughs> you heard a lot yeah. all over the league. Like, what are, I want to know, like, what are the players actually thinking when the anthem's going on? They're probably not thinking about it at all. But I'm curious, and you don't have to answer that yet. And then, and then one other. Uh, That's a great you question. You mentioned Felino. Yeah. 
You mentioned Felino, and I there's this hockeyfights.com website. I don't know if you guys know this. It's like a database of hockey yeah, fights. Yeah. And I just had to look you up while I was sitting here. Yeah. And you fought Marcus Felino once in yeah, 2015, yeah. like three minutes into the yeah. first period. He I'd fought, love to know about that. Yeah, he took out our whole decor that game. I think he fought, I, I think he fought me, and then he beat, he beat the crap out of me. And then he fought Scandella, beat the crap out of him. And then I think he was going after Dumba. I think he wanted to take out our whole decor at that time. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah. That was the 7 nothing game, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he was, was, I mean, yeah, he's tough. Was when he's, the wild, that was Devin Dubnik's first game yeah. there. And, he, uh, and I didn't really know anything. I didn't know he was that tough. So if I would have known that, I probably would have, you know, that's right. He took Thought Ryan Carter out, a little out bit too. More. What's that? He took Ryan Carter out too. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Ryan yeah. Carter's that same game, but this way because yeah, yeah, yeah. But the national anthem, I, I think the only time we really focus on it is if uh, if it's too long. <laughs> you know, other than we that, we do have a, like you know, in the press box, David like, Neal and we, I from we, the Miami we can, Herald. We, we can kind of all it. give each other no, you know, yeah. uh, bump each other if it's like, oh my gosh, like she's where was I last? You know the longest anthems in the league is L.A. Because every anthem singer that comes out at the Staples Center thinks that they're about to get a recording contract because of its anthem, and it will last 250 every single time, without a doubt. And they never have a consistent one. It's always somebody that's like, hey, and a famous yeah. recording artist that sold yeah. like 25,000 things on YouTube. Yeah. And it's like, it's unbelievable. But, but no, we, a couple of us tape it. Yeah, there's a... Do you, what's yours at? Do you know? Nice. Oh, that's good. Well, and believe me, the TV guys are well aware. So as soon as an anthem starts right away, because we're at a commercial break and we usually have a taped, uh, like a 45-second tape blurb coming out that's intended to make sure we cover the anthem. And as soon as they'll start, it'll be, oh, my, are we going to be late on this one? You know, yeah. and then they, <laughs> so they're, they're in panic mode. Yeah. But I will, the, the one Where thing that it? I found interesting was when the Wild were hiring a new anthem singer yeah they asked me to come and help judge and i thought it was just kind of a joke like i was gonna i don't why know why would they about ask you singing. to do it i don't know why so okay. i but it was when jock lambert was still the coach <laughs> so i sat with jock lambert and i really thought call. like yeah. we were there for show yeah i thought it was they had somebody else judging it but i sat down and it was mario tremblay jock lambert and me and all of a sudden, when I sat down, I kind of made a joke like, yeah, I don't know anything about musical talent other than I don't have any. And Jacques turned to me and he said, this is the last thing the guys hear before the puck is dropped. It has to be powerful. It has to be. A... And I was like, holy. Wow. Wow. This guy, I didn't realize this was serious. <laughs> there's, there's more to so this. All of a sudden, just as every singer came through, I was like, well, what'd you guys think? I... Yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't like it, yeah. me either. Yeah. 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 I... Yeah. The, uh, there was earlier this season, we were somewhere and I. I tweeted something like, and after a long, it might have been L.A., anthem, like, you know, here we are from the Staples Center, Minnesota Wild or whatever, and that, like, about an hour later, I got a, like, nasty tweet from the anthem singer because I wrote long, like, that, like, yeah, we used to tape it all the time. <laughs> David Neal, I still envision him. It, it, like, David Neal was the Miami Herald uh, Panthers writer, and he used to look at me, and he'd be like... Like this, just yeah. knocking on his watch. Yeah. You just... know they outlawed betting on him for the Super Bowl. They used to, oh, really? they used yeah. to be able to bet was, on him. And in fact, our stage bet. manager at Staples Center had an in. Like he always knew somebody that was at the audition or whatever. That not the audition, but the the rehearsal the day yeah. before, and he would always secretly let him know. And I mean, the, he said the over-under was always within like a second and a half or two yeah. seconds, like yeah. they knew. But he always knew which side to bet on. Wow. And they've since 
outlawed it because John, of the, the wild fact ever that there make are the finals, people that do the are rehearsal. Talking right yeah. before puck yeah. drop, we're yeah. going to go splitsy on throw this. Throw me yeah. in on that text and who chain. Can, if we both get fired, doesn't matter. If yeah. I throw a mill on it. Let me get some money on that. Yeah. Well, hey, Nate, uh, really appreciate you coming out. Very, very kind to you. Uh, you know, um, uh, especially, uh, sure, Brittany was like, are, where are you going right yeah, now? Yeah, like, yeah, I thought yeah. you retired. Yeah, Tuttles. Oh, I'm doing a podcast yeah. at uh, Tuttles. Yeah. So uh, really appreciate you coming out and joining Anthony and me. It was absolutely, you know how much, I, you know, I, I respect and appreciate you as yeah. a player, as a person. Um, I used to love when you were in the press box because it was always a friendly place to go up. Yeah. Like, you know, when you're in the press box and you go up to like a scratch player, they're usually not very nice. No. Nate no. was very nice. No, uh, I, made, yeah. I, made, I made myself yeah. comfortable up there. Yeah. Well, I, I will yeah, say this. Liner in there, a big screen TV. Grab a pretzel cheese. I knew you were in popcorn. trouble when the actual like yeah. nameplate on the door said yeah. Nate Prosser. I yeah. thought that was very weird. Yeah. Grab a chocolate um, chip cookie and yeah. just made I, myself at home. I, just one memory that came to my head is that we're in Edmonton in the father-son trip last season or two seasons ago, right before the, the pandemic uh, interrupted that season. And to the right of me, literally to the right of me, was, was Ryan Donato and Brad Hunt. And, yeah. it was, and the whole game, we were chatting, and they were like super nice. And I remember turning to Brad Hunt at one point. I'm like, I'm like, I didn't know that two players could be like this until I met Lee Prosser because <laughs> like, they were like super nice. And you know they were just, yeah. you know, especially Donato at that point. You know, Brad got used to being a healthy scratch. Nate, you know, Ryan, you know, it was it was new to him and it yeah. was not something that he loved and yeah. then, you know again it's like super nice where yeah. you know sometimes you know you go up there yeah. and you get that player that oh, yeah. doesn't want to see oh, the yeah. beat writer and yeah yeah you know, and he's been up be there for a few games and yeah. yeah they you know I tried helping those guys you know along the way they yeah. they acting like it's the end of the world and I'm just like well you know there there's a lot of worse things I've been to the end of the world yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that? it yeah. yeah exactly Brandon's giving you the evil eye yeah well hey uh, Nate uh, yeah. All I see is his mask there. Yeah. Well, I actually can see the eyes. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for everybody for coming out yeah, to Tuttle's again. Crowd. Thank Next you. live show is January 25th, 7 p.m. at Split Rocks, which is very much like Tuttle's up in Wyoming, uh, Minnesota. So please come on up. Thanks to Josh Driver for bringing his incredible photography out here. Make sure you go to see Josh Driver. Um, again, joshdriverphotography.com, and you got to check it, check that stuff out. It's it's just great. Um, and again, as long as the uh, wild season isn't extended, definedestinations.com if you want to go to with Anthony and me to uh, Hungary, Prague, Czech Republic, or it's called Czechia now, apparently. And um, Vienna. Vienna, Austria. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Thanks to our incredible sponsors, and of course, for Tuttles for having us out. But our incredible sponsors, Bosch Law Firm, Tria, Profile by Sanford, Minnesota Propane Association, Aquarius Home Services, your local authorized dealer for Connecticut Water Treatments, Kowalski's, and Chris Lindahl Real Estate. Talk to you next week, everybody. So much coming out, there's nothing going in I know that you feel like you're never gonna win Oh, but the world won't forgive a winner Yeah, like that's not poker.